Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rockman back in the chair. So we play Chelsea twice in two competitions within three days. And win twice. However, with two very different teams and two very different performances. At the bridge, we just got over the line by a single goal. And in the cup, at home, we were superb at times and sailed into the fourth round. To discuss this and much more, I've got three blues. Welcome to John Stapleton, Sarah Messenger and Stato Paul Demby. Welcome all. Thank you. Good to be here. Hi, Nigel. Hi. Listen, Sarah, kick us off, will you please? Let's, Let's start of the league game at Chelsea on paper when I saw the team I thought that looked a pretty good team but in terms of a performance yeah we got over the line but it was not a great City performance on the night It wasn't it was particularly grim in the first half and I, I know I'm sure there's a number of City fans who thought oh no this is one of those games where Peppers in inverted commas tinkered completely unnecessarily um, and got people playing in all sorts of strange positions Um I mean, look, at the end of the day, we, the second half performance merited uh, the victory, a narrow 1-0. One, one you know, we're at that stage of the season, you just want the points. And um, I think Chelsea had, you know, they're in a mess, aren't they? So they had an incentive to try and put a decent performance in. They, they did okay in the first half. We, there was a couple of chances that they had that, thankfully, they didn't score. And... Um, you know, a bit of magic from uh, Jack passing it to Grealish. Let's not let's ignore the fact the keeper should have cut it out. Um, we get the three points. There's not a lot more to say, really. It wasn't a dazzling performance, but I don't care. We got three points from it. Uh, uh, John, I, I thought it was a poor performance at times. I think we gave the ball away. I think too many players had poor games. Haaland wasn't in the game. I thought KDB was off it. Foden looked really out of touch. As, as Sarah said, yeah, Cancelo out of position, if you like, and not quite sure what he was doing there. But it just wasn't a good city performance. It was disappointing. We can we're allowed to criticise, aren't we? If they have an off day, surely. We certainly are. I, I completely agree with you. Far from convincing uh, performance, and don't forget, you know, Chelsea had I think ten players injured, and we had two more taken off during the course of the game. Sterling taken off, and the centre forward, the American centre forward, uh, taken off as well. 
uh, after the first half, I just texted a few mates saying plan B question mark, because that was clearly wasn't working what we had there. And I came away thinking we, we got away with that one. You know, three points is three points. Fantastic. Great win. Away, three, three points away from home is good, you know, however you look at it. But yeah, not not impressive at all. Uh, and I agree with all your analysis of the various players. Foden was out of it. Harlan wasn't uh, up, up to his usual imperious uh, self. And but for that cross by, I'm glad, glad for Jack Rears, who, who I've criticised in the past. You know, good good cross, uh, well, well taken opportunity there. And, and the goal that mattered. But I, I came away, I walked back home to. Uh, to uh, from the Chelsea ground, thinking, yes, we were lucky there. We were lucky. We got away with that one. So it's just a short walk for you. Nice. It's but your favourite ground, I suppose, isn't it? That one. It's not far from you at all. Short uh, walk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it that way. <laughs> Stato, your your reflections before we sort of sort of sort of dig a bit deeper into some of the uh, the tactics and and some of the selection. Yeah, I was on the back of the Everton uh, result the, the previous weekend. That first half. I'll honestly say it was close to, if not the worst first half performance I've seen from City for an awful long time, possibly since um, Pep took over. I mean, there's the old game where we lost heavily, uh, being beaten at Leicester and Everton when in Pep's first season. But that was truly uh, an abysmal performance. Now, was it because he was playing players out of position? And why was he doing that? Cancelo down the right wing, there's a right winger. Not a right wing back, he was a right winger. Uh, Bernardo coming very deep to pick the ball up. Rodri not sure whether he was defensive midfield or defence. Um, the, the players didn't seem certain to how to adapt to what Pep wanted them to do. And there was a certain amount, of, I thought, of confusion out there in that first half. Clearly, Pep readjusted in the second half. We moved to back four and people knew their roles much better and made a couple of substitutions. And for the first 30 minutes of the second half, we were actually quite good. Sure. And, and then merited the the victory on the, on the back of that thirty minutes or so. But yeah, I was very concerned uh, that forty five minute display. And just on that, I mean, in terms of kind of positives and trying to find some positives, even though I agree again with with everything you've said as well, Stato, that John Stones was absolutely magnificent, I thought, throughout yeah. that game. I, I, he looked like a world-class defender. He did. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Sorry, John, yeah. I was just going to say credit to Pep, you know, because actually for the first time that I can remember, he took two players off at half-time, you know, Cancelo mm-hmm. and Walker. And that's not, that's not Pep's style. Previous week, you know, I criticised him for, you know, leaving the subs until the 87th minute, which I thought was a mistake. You know, what do I know? But he's, he's the boss, but that's what he did. But this time around, you know, half-time, they were both off. And it was, we'll, come to the, we'll come to the second Chelsea game in a minute, but it was quite interesting, I thought. Like, Walker was having a bad game, in my view, at, at Stamford Bridge. What a cracking game he had uh, yesterday, you know, in in the in the cup tie. Yeah, so credit to Pep for taking that decision, a bold move on his part, and of course introduce other players later on, uh, which made made a heck of a difference. But back back on, managers, on Nigel's point, I mean, John Stones was absolutely superb yeah. in that match. That tackle made against Pulisic, which eventually led to Pulisic being taken off, but the, the block on that goal was absolutely world class. Yeah, um, and and his whole performance was was top draw. So well done, John Stones. He he's exempt from any criticism on on that game. 
yeah. and you know the, the Barnsley Beckenbauer. I mean, he actually played like Beckenbauer. I think mm. he, he, he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, just yeah. just on those substitutions, Sarah, that John rightly points points out, and we we have often criticised Pep, haven't we? Why does he bring a player on sort of five minutes to go? What impact can they really have when we're kind of chasing a game or trying to get a goal? But actually, this time, as John rightly says, half time things needed to be changed. Not sure if players were injured or tired, but whatever it was, he made those changes, and it had an impact. A huge impact. He did. He did. And, and as ever, he should get credit. I mean, I don't think we often criticise Pep. We sometimes criticise him. But it, it is, his attitude towards substitutes is a recurrent theme of this of this show and many other discussion for uh, where, where City fans are trying to figure him out. Um, I, I think the thing that frustrates me the most, and go back to the first half performance, is um, why, do, why, do, why does Pep change the team to beat an opposition that we are better than? And and you know if 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 Reese James and Chilwell had been fit, bombing up the, I could kind of understand him thinking he needed a plan to deal with that. If our usual way of playing, but sometimes he changes the team when we can't understand why he's changed it. And if we are the best team in Europe, which many people say we are, and I suspect all the four of us think we are. Why are we the ones doing the changing, particularly when it's as bizarre as Rodri playing as a sort of hybrid midfielder centre-back? Cancelo, as you say, on the right wing. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind if it worked, but it doesn't work. And more often than not, when he takes us away from the way we usually play, with players in the position they usually should be in, it doesn't work. I, I struggle to think of many times where that has worked. Well, do you know what? You, you ask a great question. And unfortunately, we've got two fantastic guests on the show this week who are now going to answer it for you. The first is Stato, Paul Denby. So the answer to Sarah's question is what, Stato? Help her out. She's obviously got... And John's coming next with his answer as well, which also will be brilliant as well. I'm looking forward. Stato first. I don't know. <laughs> it's bizarre. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't quite get it. And it's hand against Chelsea. Again, we all know what the big match against Chelsea where he picked a bizarre team then. I don't quite get it. And in big matches, all right, uh, Anfield away a couple of times, Leon in that quarter-final in the Champions League, just players out of position as well. The players are used to a, a, a rhythm and a method. Why put them in a somewhere where they're not used to? I, it's maybe to fool the opposition, but it also fools the City players themselves because, as somebody said earlier, the passing was poor at best in that first half. And we weren't moving into free spaces that we normally do, creating those quick triangles, passing the ball quickly, as we did against Chelsea in the cup match. It just wasn't happening. I, I, it's bizarre. I, and I'm sorry, uh, so it, I, I mean, can't it, answer your question. Is, is it the fact, and we say this all the time, that the games are coming thick and fast at the moment. He's, you know, We've got some big games. We have the, 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 the FA Cup game coming up. We've got two games again this week. Players... Were looking tired, you could say as well. Was that an excuse? He's got, he's got a mix of he's got a, he's got such a depth of squad. He's got to give Alvarez a go. He's got to try yeah. some of the kids. He's got to surely rotate it from time to time. He's not going to play the same eleven. It's not nineteen sixty nine anymore, where you have the twelve blokes who play this throughout the whole season with very few changes. It's it's changed, hasn't it? Agreed. But he had a good team out there. The eleven that he picked for the Chelsea league match was a decent eleven. It's a Positions he asked him to play in, which was the strange. 
occurrence. I just I can't account for it. Well, John can, I know. So John's going to answer. <laughs> Stato can't answer your question, but John can. So, John, over to you, my friend. I, I can only answer it in the, in the purest layman's terms, uh, Nigel. But I, I can only imagine it's, he wants to keep people match fit and he wants to keep, keep people happy. You know, he's paying them God knows how much, or the club's paying them God knows how much, uh, and they're going to get very frustrated if they don't get a game for five or six matches, you know. Uh, and I take on board entirely what you say. It's a game every three every three days, you know. Uh, very few players could keep up that pace for, for the whole season, although Rodri seems to be not far from doing exactly that. No, I think it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, he mystifies us from time to time, but before we run away and spend the entire programme criticising Pep, let's not forget we do have the best manager in the world. Uh, listen, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some of the positives, some of the positive performances, and then move on to the FA Cup game and uh, the league games coming up. And they, that's going to be all coming up straight after this break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back. Listen, let's just talk about one or two positives before we move on from that Chelsea league game at the bridge. Uh, he made those substitutions and Jack Grealish, who we've all had a go at some point, but uh, you have to say he, he had an impact, the boy, didn't he, John? You've got to give him credit for that. Came Whoa. on, looked looked a different player, changed the team and yeah, maybe the keeper was slightly at fault, but but made the goal and got us the three points. All credit to the boy, surely. Yeah. Full marks to Jack Grealish for that performance, yes. And in the joy on his face when he did make that uh, that contribution said everything to me. A guy who really, really wants to help and really wants to be a part of the City team. No, I, I'm, you know, I, I know I've criticised him in the past uh, and I still think that he's Slightly below par, certainly not hundred million pounds so far. But you know, I'm quite happy to give him give him uh, more opportunities, more, more chance, and more time to breathe. Uh, he's a, he's a ta- very talented footballer. There's no question about that. Maybe you know he's he's I think he's admitted he's he's found it very difficult. He's not playing the same way as he played at Aston Villa. Uh, but and he's, but he's a very useful attribute to the team to the squad. Um, also, Mares as well, Sarah. I mean, to say a bit about Grealish as well. But again, Mares, um, he's. Uh... When he gets a chance, he seems to be taken at the moment, scoring regularly. Look, also looked good when he gave, came on and made a difference. So, some might say about time too. Um, Would he, you? He, Is that what uh, you're saying? Well, I, look, I, 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 I haven't met a City fan this season who wasn't pulling the hair out at the way Mark Mahrez was performing. And his biggest fan, of course, my dad, was uh, losing the world to live although he's redeemed himself after Sunday. He played really well on Sunday. That's the Mares that we have seen. I don't think we see enough of it, if I'm honest. I don't think we ever have. But when he plays well, he's a game changer and, you know, brilliant free kick, um, good penalty, actually. He took his penalty well. But just generally, his play was good. He was he was being more positive. He wasn't cutting back as much. He certainly wasn't losing the ball as much as he has done in uh, in some games. So... Yeah, a pat on the back. And when he plays like that, you absolutely get why he's an important part of the City squad. I think it was important he did it as well because, you know, the way he's played this season until the last, certainly the last game and to some extent the Chelsea away game, um, he was struggling to justify his uh, his existence in the squad, I think. 
And, and just sticking with the away game for a moment, Stato, uh, the other substitute that stood out, and I don't think you've been on for a couple of weeks and maybe not had a chance to talk about him, is young Rico Lewis, who, who comes on and just looks a fantastic prospect. What, what a player he looks at such a young, tender age. He looks fantastic. If he can continue to develop at the rate he seems to have progressed in those first few matches he's played, uh, it'll be an incredible player. And he's already, I think, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but he's putting a bit of pressure on Walker. And therefore, Walker's performance on the uh, cup match on Sunday was superb. Maybe that's helping motivate Walker a bit more. But yeah, he's, he's had a great start to his career. Uh, long may it continue. Hopefully, he'll be with us for many, many seasons and develop uh, under Pep to be a, a world-class player. Thoughts on Rico, John? You obviously, uh, we've not seen much of him yet, but what we've seen is pretty impressive. Completely agree with Paul. Fantastic young player, fantastic prospects. I mean, he came on, uh, as, as you say, on, well, we moved in a bit, well, we moved to Sunday by now, but he, he, came, he came on again. I'm very impressive whether at fullback or playing in midfield, the sort of new role of our fullbacks, or so it seems on, on the pep. Yeah, I mean, 18 years old, amazing local lad. What, what, what could you ask for? Uh, re- and he, I think I think Paul's absolutely right. He's probably uh, giving giving uh, Carl Walker a, a bit of a uh, mentally not physical kick up, kick up the pants as well. So yeah, good stuff, fantastic. I, I don't I often. I, I was just going to say what I really like about Lewis as well, about Rico Lewis, is that it, it, often with young players, you, as a fan, all you want is for them to not make a terrible blunder. So as long as they keep the ball, you know, they do nice simple passing, they don't give it away. Um, you, you think, oh, you know, well done. That's that's great. Actually, he plays some fantastic passes. He's really incisive. I mean, I know it's because he's been coached in that way from being whatever seven. He he understands where the space is, where to play the ball. But you can really see it in him. So I think he's not only doing well and keeping us ticking over and a good standing if somebody's injured. He's actually enhancing the way we play when he's on the field. And and for all those reasons, I think he's 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 going to be brilliant for us. I don't often sort of focus on our opposition. I just think it's relevant for a couple of reasons. If we just talk about Chelsea for a moment, I think uh, we'll come on to the, the game at the weekend. And I think my favourite chant probably was Raheem Sterling, his 10th in the league, I think was probably my favourite of the weekend, uh, which, which, which resonated and, and landed very nicely with me, I have to say. Uh, but, but more importantly, kind of Chelsea look a poor side, don't they? I mean, what, what, what's happened there? I mean, Stato, you, you look at these things far more deeply than I do, I know. And, and, and what, what's your assessment of Chelsea as a football club? Because they're 10th, they're now out of the FA Cup. I think they're still in the Carabao Cup, but that's yeah. disappointing. For, they're out of the Carabao Cup as well, are yeah, they? Yeah, I think, I think a team from Manchester knocked them out. Oh, yeah, they might have done, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, what, you know end, end of the season, um, and it's we're not even into the middle of January yet. There's, there's two issues, I think, for Chelsea. Um, one, they have had an awful lot of top-class players been injured. Um, you know, they're, they're missing Chilwell, they're missing Reese James. Uh, Mendy's been out. I'm not sure if he'd be first-choice keeper as well, but he might, might have done better for, for our goal at Stamford Bridge. Um, so injuries play a part, particularly when they've lost so many players at the same time. Potter is a new manager there. He's got to adjust, bring his um, skill from Brighton to Chelsea. It's a big jump for him. I think he's a great manager. I think he'll he'll do it if Chelsea give him the time to do it. Um, but I think it's uh, adapting to the new manager has taken them a bit more time than they thought it would do. So a couple of points there. But if Chelsea get rid of Potter, I don't know where they're going. I think they should stick with him. 
And people are saying, Sarah, with the new ownership there, that with the old ownership, he definitely would have been gone probably by now. But maybe the new ownership may just give him a bit more time and maybe looking across London to Arsenal. And I know that uh, their manager had a, a difficult start, but look what's happened to him since. Uh, so so they, he may have that chance. Who knows? Um, I don't know whether when their patience will run out, whether the fans will have fans power will take over. You just don't know how these things will work out. But But they're not looking a good side. No, they don't. I mean, Paul's right to highlight the injuries they've had. They've also done some dodgy recruitment as well. I mean, why on earth they bought Obama Young after, um, you know, he had a spell of being okay for Arsenal. Uh, uh, but he was dreadful for the last two seasons. This is clearly an attitude issue with Obama Young. And yet, um, you know, they thought that he would be a, a sensible buy. Um, I, so I, I think there's there's... I think there's a, a sort of a bit of a scattergun approach. And interestingly, I think Graham Potter, I thought he'd do well at Chelsea and he may well still do. And I agree with you, Nigel. I think they should give him time. But you do wonder as well whether it's another kind of David Moyes situation where he's a good manager, but the club's, the, the size of the club and the expectations, unless they give him time, um, might might mean that it's it, it weighs too heavily on his shoulders and he ends up being a kind of, a manager of somewhere like Everton, etc., where he can be a success. Bigger than Brighton, but not as big as, as the Chelsea's of this world. Of course, they could still win the Champions League, so their season isn't completely over. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> John, you have a view of Chelsea? I say, well, we'll move on in a second, but I just think it's uh, it's a story at the moment that lots of people yeah. are talking about. I have to say my initial reaction is don't know, don't care. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't care that much. I, mean, I read a piece today saying that maybe Graham Potter's a manager for the underdogs. That's why I did well at uh, Brighton. And it's, mm. it's one thing he's had before, you know. And then I think Sarah was alluding to that herself, uh, albeit, uh, you know, uh, uh, not directly, but uh, that was the implication of what she was saying. That, I don't know. Uh, in fairness to them, that we have said already, but, you know, 10 injuries for any club is a lot, a lot to deal with, uh, particularly with players of, of that quality and calibre. I agree with you about Mama Young. Why on earth they brought him back? I, I don't know. But we'll, we'll come on to the Sunday game in just a tick, I'm, I'm sure. But We will. One, one thing, just to, just to mention before that, last week we paid tribute, sadly, to the great Pelé. Um, and, and another, and because we're talking about Chelsea, we played them twice, I think it's only relevant that we pay tribute to uh, Gian, Gianluca Viali, who at 58 very sadly died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, great playing career, Sampdoria, Juventus. Chelsea, of course, and then managed both Watford and Chelsea. Was an assistant manager with Italy. I mean, a, a great character, a great figure, uh, and and a great loss at, at such a young age, John. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I never met him. I saw him play several times. I was, I was very impressed by Graham Souness actually, who paid for some tribute to him on, mm. on Sky, saying, you know, it wasn't just on the field he had such an impression. It was off the field too. He was a great guy. Everyone loved him. Great practical joker. Uh, and, and Graham Souness, actually, I was quite surprised, actually, was saying that actually, you know, he, he had a bigger impact on Graham Souness than, than hardly, or mainly any other, any other player he'd ever worked alongside uh, because he was just such a relaxed, nice, easygoing guy. So, yeah, a great loss, sad loss, a great footballer. And, of course, as he's rightly saying, assistant manager of Chelsea with my old pal Roberto Mancini. Uh, who I think I was almost in tears when, when they won the World Cup hugging him. You remember that, that lovely shot there? Obviously, Absolutely. Very, 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 very close for, for good reason, too. Stato, your, your reflections? I just remember him say, seeing him play when he was for Chelsea in the late 90s, I think he was. Great striker. Uh, he was coming towards the end of his playing career at that stage, but he was still a 
you, you could still see he had the skill, the desire, and put 100% into, into the game. Obviously, I never met him, but I, I believe he was a, was a lovely bloke as well. And it's very sad when somebody dies so young. Sure. Sarah, any final thoughts? I mean, I think the guys have pretty much summed it up. He was a player that played with a smile on his face, wasn't he? And I think those sorts of players, you know, it helps if they're good footballers as well. But you remember them because they make football, they remind us of the joy of football rather than some of the histrionics and and poor behaviour that we sometimes have to put up with. So, yeah, very sad loss. John, let's move forward then to the FA Cup tie this weekend. And having walked home from uh, Chelsea you presumably had quite a long drive back to, to Manchester then for this one uh, and what a different performance what a different city uh, and, and what were some fantastic goals I mean just a, it was just a joy to behold wasn't it uh, part first half was just a masterclass frankly I mean it, that was a superb performance by City and the thing that impressed me most of all was he was a, a new team eventually effectively you know a bunch of guys who we, I hadn't seen playing together. I'm sure uh, I, someone might correct me. But I've never seen that lot playing exactly like that together. And impressive from the word go. The third goal was oh, I mean, thing of beauty, thing of absolute beauty. And okay, we, you know, we, we didn't get lucky with the penalties. We got you know two two penalties. But I mean, said all that, we absolutely hammered them, hammered them in the first half. And the second half uh, took our foot off the pedal a little bit. But you know, Chelsea were rubbish. Chelsea were terrible. I mean, Chelsea. I, some of the half uh, halftime comments from the panel on 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 the telly, I think were 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 justified. They said just didn't turn up, just didn't put a shift in. And uh, I mean, the one thing Chelsea can take away from it, I think, from that game was that some of the kids they put on did well, as they did against uh, in, in in the in the cup game at Stamford Bridge, the left back, and they did played in midfield. I thought did particularly well. But having said that, there were there were no opposition. I mean, they didn't stand a chance. I thought it was yeah. Uh, the first half was arguably one of the best performances I've seen from City for quite a while. It's interesting. We were talking about the uh, the league game being one of the worst, Tato, and and John's kind of summed it quite quite nicely. Probably for, in periods, and certainly that third goal, that was just City at their best, wasn't it? That third goal, that was City at their best. I think Walker did sort of a double jig on the touchline, put the ball up over to the far side, and then the, the sort of almost one-touch football from that point onwards, but... Uh, and the goal that Foden, the way he moved his body round to put it uh, past the keeper was superb as well. And, and Walker's overlapping, underlapping run rather than overlapping was brilliant. So, yeah, a fantastic team goal. A very, very good performance against, yes, a poor Chelsea team, but you can only do what you can do against the opposition that's out there. And uh, if City continue in that vein for the next few games, and we certainly need to, I'm sure we're going to talk about the game at um, Stretford at the weekend, so we'll need to put in a performance like that because they've hit form. So, yeah, it's good timing. Puts me in a little bit more confident mood than having seen that first half against Chelsea in the league. So, long may it continue. Although, I've got a a little bit of a downer, if I can, on it. I'm not sure what's right with Foden. He scored a goal, but he didn't get in the game much. And also, Palmer didn't quite do what we know he can do. So, a couple of points there that maybe that's why Foden hasn't been playing, because Pep's seen something in training that we don't see. And that's why he's not got a place regularly in the team at the moment. 
Can I just come back to Foden and Palmer? Because I've got a particular point I want to put to you about him because there has been quite a bit of criticism in the last few days about Palmer, which I just think is ridiculous. And I'm sort of declaring my hand early here, but I guess you you might well agree with me as well. But there has been quite a bit. Let's just stick with the positives of the moment, Sarah, and uh, and just kind of talk us through your thoughts on, yeah, that third goal, four, four, and it could have been more, of course. I mean, four actually was... uh, <laughs> didn't do us justice. I think there could have been four or five. Who knows? What six? Six nil? Uh, who knows? But but just a really good solid performance against, as we said, a pretty cool, pretty poor Chelsea side. Well, if you were putting the ingredients for a perfect football match into uh, in the circumstances into the uh, mixing pan, you'd you'd have wanted a goal and a good performance from Morris. You'd have wanted a goal for Alvarez. Um, you'd have wanted a, a game without sendings off or in, injuries for City. Uh, and, a, you know, a confidence booster with two big games coming up this week. Um, and we got all of that. So, yeah, I mean, the first uh, second half was a bit of a non-entity, to be honest, because Chelsea weren't threatening us and we were certainly not going to kill ourselves trying to humiliate them, much to my uh, annoyance. Uh, but uh, two, just one quick point. If ever we had two stonewall penalties, those were them. You know, at least they, I mean, I'm not quite sure why VAR was faffing around so long on the first one. I mean, he might as well have caught it and put it up his jumper. It was that blatant. But, um, you know, it was nice to get two stonewall penalties given. So, yeah, a good a good day. Yeah, I remember the days I, I, on this, I was talking to a young person once and he, with a handball, I said he almost picked it up and, and, and relaced the ball. And John will know what I'm talking about and so will Stato. And a young lad looked at me as if, what on earth are you talking about? Did he have dubbing on his boots? Yeah, exactly. And nailed in studs, <laughs> exactly. Rela- relacing the ball. I remember those were the days, John. Uh, absolutely. Listen, just some negatives then, which I kind of touched on, John. I have read and seen and heard a number of people being quite critical of poor old Cole Palmer. Um, who I think has been fantastic when I've seen him. Yeah, he had a bit of an off day at the weekend. Why on earth are people giving that lad such a hard time? I mean, it's just, what a great team performance. That's the thing. And it's a team game, this, and you're allowed to have the odd game. Your reflections on that and to why would people do that? Is it it justified? Maybe you, someone who sits there thinking, yeah, the lad wasn't good enough. Let's give him a roasting. Uh, You say poor old, poor young Cole Palmer. You know, I mean, he's a lad, he's a kid. He's a kid. He didn't have a great game against Chelsea at the weekend. I, I, I'm the first to admit, but you know, bear in mind his age. Bear in mind he's playing amongst a team of absolute, uh, absolute superstars. Some fans some days make me, make me laugh. I mean, there were some comments on uh, following the game against Everton. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not misquoting people now. One fan, alleged fan, said Pep's, Pep's finished. You know, another alleged fan said we need eight new players. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What? Where did this lot come from? I mean, and, and likewise, it's a sitting in the same vein as, as the criticism for Palmer. Yeah, okay, had a bit of an off day. Give the lad a chance, for heaven's sake. You know, he's, he's, he's a very, very promising, very talented young man. He's, he's true. We can truly say he's one of ours. Give it a break. I agree. Stato, you're nodding in agreement. I think. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Everybody is entitled to have a poor game as long as you don't have many, many, many poor games consecutively. Uh, but Palmer's a young lad. He's, he's going to have bad games, poor games, where he doesn't deliver. I'm a little concerned, I must admit, about Foden at the moment because he's just not quite doing it. Since the World Cup, he had a decent World Cup for England. But since he's come back, he's not quite delivered when he's come on the pitch. And I'm not sure what he needs to do now to get his confidence, whether it's confidence, whether it's where he's playing, 
what he's been asked to do. I'm not sure because he's clearly one of the most talented players in the country and he's got the talent. Now he's just got to continue to deliver what we know he can do. He hasn't had a regular starting slot, has he, Sarah? No. I, I guess a player like Foden, he needs that, does he? I don't know. It must be difficult sort of coming off on the bench, starting one game, missing out the next game. You know, he hasn't had a great run since the World Cup, I think, to be fair. Would that be fair? I don't know. No, I, I, th- I mean, I think there is some reason behind it that we don't know of. Um, hmm. look, I'm, I, I personally, I'm not worried about Foden. I mean, his class is, is there. We've seen it plenty of times. Uh, we know he loves City, I think. He just needs to get back into a, a groove. And we, the whole team, I mean, De Bruyne has not been uh, particularly brilliant since the World Cup. Um, so, you know, whether the World Cup is still having a bit of a hangover effect on one or two of them, we'll, we'll see over, coming, over the coming weeks. Just on the Cole Palm thing, just to throw in a modicum of buttons, I mean, I totally agree with John. You know, some of the ridiculous stuff you see on social media just makes you think, God, where were you when we were living the agonies of 1985 or whichever year you might want to pick? Um, they wouldn't have lasted five minutes with what we had to put up with in the past. But... I do think there's a legitimate question about whether Palmer, at what point does he stop being a kid that's getting the odd game and be seen as a part of the squad? And if he's part, and I think that really has been this season, and I don't think he's done anything that's made me jump out of my seat and think, wow, yeah. Now, he's young. He's, he's scored some nice goals for us, FA Cup goals. He's scored a, at least one in the Champions League. Maybe maybe I've forgotten one as well. Um, so I'm definitely not on a downer of a Cole Palmer. I think he's potentially going to be a great player for us. But I, I do think that, the, you know, the standards are high at City and, and he needs to meet them. And I think I'd be expecting something from Cole Palmer sooner rather than later that makes me think, yeah. He, he's, he's worth the weight. You're a hard nut to crack, Sarah Messenger, aren't you? I mean, I, I have to say, I think you're being really quite hard on the lad. Is my is my view. I think he's looked brilliant, and yeah, he had an odd game, but but wow, okay, fine. That you're allowed your opinion. That's why you come on here, and uh, and I love it. Thank you for that. Uh, can, talking of criticism, can I? And and this is a difficult one because we're not there and we don't quite know what's going on, but. We had a situation uh, that that City are, I think, sort of being investigated because of homophobic chants aimed at the Chelsea fans. Um, And I've also seen videos uh, of what looks like Chelsea fans throwing stuff down onto the City fans and spitting from the upper levels. And we know... Just to, just to remind people in the South Stand, normally they get a whole block, the away fans. But for cup games, we have to give a larger percentage of seats to away fans, which is why they've been moved to the upper levels and City have the whole of the lower level of the South Stand and they get sort of more space above. And that's been called into criticism by some fans because of the behaviour of some idiots, both Liverpool as well. I think allegedly we're doing something similar. Uh, and now there's some evidence of Chelsea fans doing the same. So I suppose it's... The same on both sides. Chance from City, we've had all sorts of allegations in the past about Hillsborough and, and, and Munich, which are both just terrible things to do, and we would absolutely condemn that on, on you know completely. What what's your view? What's going on here? Is anything we can do about it? I mean, we don't know all the all the circumstances, but but stupid chanting, throwing things down onto fans. Or I think there was a, a young girl who was actually injured. I think as well. Thinking as I'm talking about it as well, I saw on social media a young City fan. This is just crazy. And, and stewards, are they doing enough? 
etc. Sorry, I've rambled on. What, what, what are your thoughts about all those things going on? Um, Sarah, do you, do you want to just give us some thoughts on that before we move ahead to the weekend and the midweek game? Well, I'll give you two thoughts. One is clearly the club need to think sensibly about how you allocate, where you allocate away fans um, when you've got, at the end of the day, if you're going to put away fans above the home fans, let's not be surprised when some mindless idiots think it's funny to throw something, spit, and, and, and even worse in the case of a young woman, a young girl who was hurt at the uh, at the game against Liverpool. So, um, th- you know, in a way, the club can only do what it can. It's got a duty of care to all of us, so it needs to think carefully about where it sits away fans. I- I'm not an expert in, in how they might best do that, but I-, I do wonder whether they've thought that through as well as they could do. Um, on the homophobic chanting, um, and any offensive chanting, but the homophobic chanting is it's almost like the last bastion of what you can get away with. Um, the one thing I would appeal to all City fans is when some when homophobic chanting starts, don't just sit there and kind of feel embarrassed and put your head down. Turn around and tell them to shut up. Or let's start a chant that humiliates the homophobes. Because it's, it's the same with, you know, instead of women always having to take responsibility for their personal safety, we need men to turn around and challenge other men who are sexist or misogynistic or make offensive comments. And, and I think that's what we also need with the, some of this chanting. Let's not just ignore it. Let's not pretend or think, well, it's not me that's doing it, so that's all right. They're, they, you know, they shame all of us and they shame the club and... I'd like us all as City fans to challenge it. And it's much easier to challenge it collectively than to leave it to one or two brave people. Sarah, brilliant. I'm not going to ask for any more contributions on that. I think you've summed it up brilliantly. Thank you. Um, Let's talk about Wednesday night, away at Southampton, then Sato. Carabao Cup, 8 o'clock kickoff, quarterfinal. Um, Chelsea aren't aren't in it, you know. They got knocked out. You know that, didn't you? uh, Yes, I do know that, Nigel. I think you were the one that might have forgotten that they got knocked out the round before last by. Um, city actually. Anyway, no. Um, Southampton away is again. It's, been, it's been a long day, Charlie. It's been a long day, Stato. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Um, Southampton away is again. Of course, we should win. They're poor in the in the league at the moment. They got a good cup win at Palace at the weekend. But if City play anywhere near half to two thirds as well as they played against Chelsea, and have them uh, put the effort in that's needed, we'll win that game. If we're off form as we have been in a couple of other matches recently, we'll we'll have a battle. But if we play to our capability, we win. John? There isn't in the world why we shouldn't win and win easily if we put out a half-decent team. And you know, the great virtue of City is we've got such a fantastic squad. Look at that bench on, on Sunday. You know, it's just amazing, actually. You could call on those players even for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I have no real anxiety about that. I think we should. it should be a breeze, frankly. Um, Sarah, where do you think Southampton are going to come from? Premier League survival, the priority, or let's have a bit of a cup run. Here's a bit of a chance for us to get some silverware. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a stick and stick or twist for them, isn't it? A bit. Yeah, and and, and Nathan Jones wants to pr- he wants to create a bond with the fans, doesn't he? And uh, getting to a cup semi final uh, is a pretty you know, it's a half decent start. Look, any any Premier League team that's right near the bottom is lying if they say that their a cup takes precedence over staying in the Premier League when we know the money that's involved. Um, but I think he'll his home game. I think he'll give it a go. There's nothing to lose, I see. So I think it might. I'm hoping it will be a good game. I'm hoping Southampton all attackers. I'm hoping that we'll play a, a, a decent team. Although I, I personally wouldn't mind if De Bruyne and Haaland get another rest. 
Uh, I know we know, well, we're pretty sure Rodri's getting a rest because he seems to have promised Calvin Phillips that he's starting. So, um, I, you know, I've, but let's let's go for it and, and get ourselves another Carabao Cup. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? My only concern with Haaland, of course, he's having his worst run since he's been at City because he's been how many games without a goal? At one, yeah, one. yeah, it's, yeah, it's one exactly. Yes, yeah, so it's looking a bit tough. Anyway, we'll 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 see. You never know. I uh, needs to improve on that a bit. I think. Uh, listen, let's finally just look forward to a trip a trip to just outside Manchester at the weekend. Twelve uh, thirty kickoff on Saturday. An improving Stretford team, Stato. It's got to be got to be said. Um, they've put in a f- few performances. People are talking about talking about them as potential top four, which wasn't the case just a few months ago. Yeah, they've played well recently. Um, either side of the World Cup, they've uh, improved. Uh, they're a better team, I think, than we went 6-1 up against them and let them get two late goals to put it back to a, uh, a non-reflective scoreline of 6-3. So it will be a tough game. We usually do reasonably well at Old Trafford, so hopefully that form will continue. Uh, but we'll have to be in our top form. We, there's no playing the same way as we did against Everton or the first half against Chelsea in the league. We've got to be on that game for 90 minutes, concentrating for 90 minutes. We are the better team of the two, uh, putting out a decent team, uh, which I'm sure Pep will do. Um, it's going to be a tough game, but it's one where we're very capable of winning. But I'm not, I'm not going to say we'll win it. As I've said, we'll beat Southampton. It will be a tough game. Uh, it's, it's Derby weekend, of course, because our other rivals for the for the title, Arsenal, have got to play, uh, got to play Tottenham as well the weekend. So it's two tough games for the top two. And it's not a must-win, is it, just yet, John? I mean, I know we're in January, but we're not even halfway through the season yet because of the break that we know for the World Cup. No, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a draw, actually. I mean, everyone's right. I mean, United have improved immensely since the start of the season. I think they'll, I do think they will finish up in the top four. They've got, they've got a, you know, more than a half-decent team together there. And it's always a tough call, call for us. I personally, I think, you know, wouldn't do any harm to rest to De Bruyne against Southampton, keep him fit, keep him sharp for, for, for the weekend. Uh, and if that was the case, if, if he's on form, uh, we're in with a, more than a fighting chance. So uh, I'm looking for two all. OK. And finally, Sarah, your thoughts ahead of the, the, the derby at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I, much as I want us to spank them 5-0, I think John's right. I, I, I suspect it will end up being the draw, which I don't think is a bad result for us. I'd take that. So, I mean, I'd, I'd take a win even more, but I'd, I'd take a draw at this stage of the season. Fantastic. Huge thanks to my three guests, to Paul Stato-Denby, to John Stapleton and to Sarah Messenger. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.